Chapter 15 Another Year Passes 148 Festive Lane Christmas Eve, One Year Later 6 p.m. Chime, 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 chime. The grandfather clock announced that it was once again 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve, exactly one year later. David ran to the front door and swung it open. Merry Christmas, David, yelled a group of eight people. Merry Christmas, David shouted back to the people entering the house. The first to arrive the second year of Christmas were Michael's parents, his brother Billy, Ariana's parents, Uncle Wally, and his wife, who now joined him, and Dennis Kowalski from down the block. Mom, Dad, Billy, Michael said as he came to the door from the kitchen. Merry Christmas and welcome back. God, it's good to see you. Uncle Wally, being the proverbial wise guy, said, God, yes, I am mistaken for him frequently, but no, it's just me, Michael, just old Uncle Wally and my lovely wife, Louise. And Louise, sorry to hear of your passing, but we're glad you are here with us. Come on in. As Wally took off his coat and handed it to Michael, Michael asked in a hushed voice, so, how's Aunt Lucy taking the arrival of your wife, Uncle Wally? Michael, she was agitated at first. I thought she was going to kill me, but then I realized, too late, I'm already dead. <laughs> Michael just laughed. You will never change, Uncle Wally. As Ariana entered the foyer, she greeted her parents. Mom, Dad, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, honey, responded Art and Marie. They hugged their daughter, and as she looked over her father's shoulder, she saw Denny Kowalski. Her eyes opened wide. Who is that guy? Why is he here? We have seen him numerous times during the year, so he must be human. How can he be here when you are all here? I thought that was against the rules. Before anyone could answer, Martha stepped up and said, Merry Christmas, children. Martha, Merry Christmas to you, answered back Ariana. Maybe I can answer your questions, Ariana, Martha said. Martha gave David her coat, as well as a pat on the head. As she walked into the dining room, grabbing hold of Michael's arm, she motioned for the rest of the group to follow her. The doorbell continued to ring, but David was stationed at the door, greeting people as they arrived. Martha sat at the dining room table and asked that the others be seated. You too, Dennis, please have a seat, she requested. Dennis seemed as confused as the rest of the people, but nonetheless took a seat at the table. Ariana asked some straightforward questions, and I am the only one that can answer them correctly and just as directly. What I am about to say may come as a bit of a shock to some of you here, but trust me, it is a pleasant shock. Last year was the first year of this glorious family reunion. Cousins, uncles, aunts, parents, brothers, and sisters, all united under one roof. This roof, for a twenty-four-hour Christmas celebration. Among the guests was Mr. Kowalski. I was surprised that no one noticed him sooner, but that is neither here nor there, Martha said. I remembered talking with you for a good part of the evening last year. You were a delightful young man, said Marie, Ariana's mother. 
Martha said. Yes, you and Art talked to Dennis for several hours. You got along very well from what I recall. Well, there is a reason for that. It is the same reason why Dennis is here in the first place. Dennis is not a ghost. He is a living and breathing human being 365 days a year. Ironically, he lives right down the block from Michael and Ariana. As I stated last year, no one, unless they are family or friends of Michael and Ariana, is allowed in this house during these twenty-four hours. Friends must be deceased, but the family can attend regardless of their state of being. This is why the Stevens from next door are not allowed to join us. They are Michael and Ariana's friends, but they are very much alive. But Dennis is not a family or a friend. No offense, Dennis. How is it that he is here? Michael asked. Ah, but Dennis is family, Michael. He is immediate family, Martha said. Ariana's mother started to cry at the other end of the dining room table. Marie, why are you crying? asked her husband, Arthur. Marie didn't answer and looked down at the table with a blank stare. Ariana looked at her mother and then at Martha. What is going on here? Who is Dennis? she asked. He is your brother, Ariana, Martha answered. My brother, I don't have a brother. I was an only child, Ariana stated irrefutably. Dennis was as surprised by Martha's statement as Ariana. He spoke up as well. No, I can't be her brother. My parents live in California. I, too, am an only child. The parents you call your father and mother do live in California, Dennis. However, they are your adoptive parents. Marie gave birth to you forty-four years ago. She and Arthur were not married at the time. Arthur joined the armed services, never knowing that he had left behind a pregnant girlfriend. Marie only received one letter from Arthur in six months and concluded that their romance was over. She didn't have the heart to tell him that she was expecting their child. Arthur had written numerous times, but the mail delivery system at the time was considerably lacking, especially with overseas correspondence. Marie put the baby boy up for adoption. At birth, he was taken from her, and she never saw him again until last year, Martha said. The dining room went silent. Only the faint greetings of guests arriving at the front door could be heard. Dennis, these are your biological parents, Arthur and Marie Campbell. Art and Marie, this is your son, Dennis. Ariana, this is your brother, Martha said. I can't believe this. I had a son and you never told me, said Arthur as he stood and looked down at his wife. I didn't think you loved me then. I didn't want you to feel trapped. I wanted you to love me for me, not because of the baby, she replied while weeping. But I do love you for you, he snapped back. But I didn't know that then. You were thousands of miles away. I never got your letters. I thought we were finished, she cried. Ariana stood and walked over to Dennis. She placed the palm of her hand along his face and caressed it softly. Welcome to the family, Dennis, she said. Dennis was beside himself with confusion and disbelief. 
He placed his hand on top of Ariana's. Thank you, Ariana. Then Dennis looked toward Arthur and Marie. I understand why you did what you did. I don't blame you for that. Two beautiful people who cared for me and loved me with all their hearts raised me. They gave me everything a son could have ever asked for and more. But why is it I'm finding out about this now, forty-four years later, and in this situation? I don't even know how I got here this evening. All of a sudden, boom, I'm standing at your front door. I can answer that question as well, Dennis, said Martha. Do you remember being here last year? Of course I do, he answered. Do you remember me giving a little twenty-minute speech in the family room while standing on a table? she asked. No, I don't remember that, he replied. That's because you were fast asleep. Every time something pertinent would happen that would make the situation here apparent, you would conveniently fall asleep, she said. What do you mean by pertinent? What situation? Dennis asked. Dennis, I have good news and bad news. After forty-four years, the good news is that you are finally reunited with your natural parents. The bad news is that they both passed away fifteen years ago. Like all of us here, except Michael, Ariana, David, Nicole, and yourself, they are dead, she stated. Dennis stood up and took several steps back. He looked at the table of people with a strangely puzzled look on his face. He stammered and finally said, What are you talking about? Michael stood up and approached Dennis. It's okay, Dennis. It has to do with this house, you see. It's a magical place, and Dennis jumped back quickly and made a cross with his fingers. Stay away from me, you zombie, Dennis shouted at Michael. No, no, I'm not a zombie. They are. No, that's not true either. They are not zombies. They are spirits that have been allowed to visit their still-living loved ones for twenty-four hours each Christmas. It's quite simple. You see, Michael stopped in mid-sentence as he glanced out the dining room window and saw Jack and Wanda walking over to the house. Hold that thought. I'll be right back, Michael said. The doorbell rang. David, don't answer the door, Michael shouted as he ran to the door. David asked, But why, Dad? Look, it's Uncle Jack and Aunt Wanda. It was too late. Jack and Wanda had already entered the house. Wanda was carrying a pot of steaming soup for the Carters. Hey, Mikey, we thought we'd bring you some chicken soup to help cure that nasty flu you said the whole family came down with. I mean, it is Christmas Eve. It's the least we could do. Hey, who's that? Jack asked as he looked toward the dining room. Well, who's what? asked Michael as he tried to get in the way of Jack's field of vision. Unfortunately, Jack was several inches taller than Michael and could see just fine. Will you stop jumping up and down in front of my face like a yo-yo? Who is that over there at the dining room table with Ariana? Is that... Why, yes, it's Kowalski from down the street. Hey, Denny, Merry Christmas, Jack said. Jack, how are you doing? Merry Christmas to you, too, Dennis replied as he looked at the table and still saw everyone else sitting there. Michael was panicked. There were people all over the house laughing and running around. Jack walked around Michael and toward the dining room. In his path was a small group of four guests. Michael yelled, Look out! as Jack's massive body passed right through the people as if they were thin air. 
Michael was in shock. As he walked, following the same path, he waved his hand in front of him and at the four people. He smacked one of them on the head. Hey, Michael, that hurt, the man he hit exclaimed. Uh, sorry about that, Uncle Roy, replied Michael as he walked around the group. They can't see or hear us, Michael. Remember, we vanish when any non-family human enters the house. I thought you meant you would leave, not turn invisible, Michael said. Leave? We just got here, Wanda said as she placed the pot of soup on the dining room table. I made it myself, homemade chicken soup with real chicken, she said as she lifted off the cover. At that moment, Uncle Wally came over to the table and put his face directly over the steaming pot. The steam from the pot poured moisture onto Wally's face, and it was now in plain view to Wanda. Oh, my God, she screamed as she dropped the pot cover onto the table and backed away. Martha pushed Wally away from the flow of the steam. The outline of his face faded as Wanda pointed to it. There is a face looking into the soup pot, Jack. Jack looked at the pot, but saw nothing except rising steam. Sure, honey, have some more eggnog. She thought she saw people appearing at your front door all night long, too. I told you no one was here, he said. Martha addressed Michael, Ariana, and Dennis. Well, actually, she did, poor Wanda. You see, we can be seen outside the house. That's why we are not allowed to go out. We are only allowed to be seen when we are coming or going from the house. Jack looked at the three of them as they looked at an empty chair at the other end of the table. What are you all looking at? Ariana quickly turned to Jack. Oh, nothing, Jack. It's this flu. It makes you act a little weird. Dennis has it, too, so he came over to get some medicine. He ran out, and the drugstores are closed. Oh, sure. Invite Kowalski over, but not us. Some friends you are, Jack said. No, really, Jack. We really are sick, hot, and feverish. It starts with imagining that you see things, Michael said. Yes, seeing things, just like Wanda experienced. Maybe you better get her out of here before she gets any worse, Dennis added. Jack seemed a bit perplexed. Yeah, I, well, I guess you're right. Maybe we'd better get going. When do you think you might be feeling better? Ariana and Michael quickly answered simultaneously. About six tomorrow? Jack looked at them strangely. Okay, then, maybe I'll come by tomorrow night. Why not call first, Jack? That way you can make sure the coast is clear. I mean, clear of germs. You know what I'm saying, Ariana said nervously as she stood up and tried to pull Jack toward the front door. Jack nodded his head with hesitation as he took Wanda by the arm and followed Ariana's tug back toward the foyer. Well, if you need anything, just call, okay? He asked. Will do, Jack. Thanks so much for the soup, Wanda. Take care now. See you tomorrow. Merry Christmas, Ariana said as she pushed them out the front door and closed it behind them. As Jack and Wanda stood on the front step, four guests were coming up the walk. Jack was still looking at the door, puzzled by Ariana and Michael's behavior, but Wanda, looking straight ahead, saw the people at the same time they saw her. The people quickly turned around and scattered into the darkness. Jack, look, people are running, she screamed. Jack turned around, but it was too late. The people managed to move back to the edge of darkness, where they vanished into the night. What people? I don't see any people. Come on, we'd better get you home. I hope you save some of that soup for yourself. You're going to need it, 
Jack said as he took Wanda by the arm and escorted her back home. Inside the Carter residence, Dennis was utterly bewildered. I need a drink, he stated. Dennis, just sit. I need one too. I'll be right back, Ariana said as she excused herself and went into the kitchen. Michael walked back into the dining room after watching out the side window to ensure that Jack and Wanda returned to their house. Boy, that was a close one. Why didn't you tell us that you could turn invisible? That was very awkward, Martha, he said. I never said we would vanish and leave, Michael. Sorry you misunderstood, Michael. Dennis was still in disbelief as Ariana handed him a double scotch. I hope scotch is okay, Dennis, she asked. I don't know, I don't drink, replied Dennis as he took a large gulp of the drink. Oh, my said Martha as she watched Dennis gag on his swallow. What <clears throat> are you people trying to do? Kill me too? What's in this drink? <clears throat> Paint thinner? Dennis regained his composure. So what is going on here? Can someone tell me the whole story, please? Michael sat down next to Dennis and started to explain. As he told the story, the others at the table also added comments. Dennis was listening intently and trying to believe the far-fetched tale. Unlike Michael and Ariana, Dennis had no other deceased relatives or friends at the party. He had no proof to convince himself. As far as he knew, this was just one big practical joke. Michael finished the story with, And they leave at 6 p.m. tomorrow, and don't return until next Christmas. I don't know, Michael. This sounds pretty unbelievable to me. How do I know these are my birth parents? I didn't even know I was adopted, Dennis asked. Martha spoke up. Dennis, you have been fortunate and have not lost a single loved one in your lifetime. But do you remember a pet you had as a boy, a dog named Lucky? Yes, a miniature schnauzer. He was with me for twenty years. I got him as a puppy one Christmas when I was ten years old. He died when I was thirty. Oh, he was a great little dog, Dennis said. The doorbell rang. David answered the door, but there was no one there. He opened the storm door to look out again, and a small salt-and-pepper-colored dog came running into the house barking. The dog ran into the dining room and leaped into midair, landing on Denny's lap. Oh, my God, it's Lucky. Lucky, hi, boy. Good dog, Lucky. I can't believe this is happening, Dennis shouted. Yes, it's lucky, Dennis. He will stay here with you until tomorrow at six, as will your loving parents, Arthur and Marie. And, by the way, unlike the human spirits here, Lucky is allowed to go outside, if you know what I mean. Lucky barked at Martha as if to agree with her statement. Dennis was now convinced and placed Lucky on the floor. He walked over to Art and Marie and hugged them both. Ariana joined in with the hug, and the dining room was again filled with love and family. Arthur apologized to Marie for getting upset. She apologized for never saying anything to him after all these years. They sat with Dennis and talked for hours. Ariana joined the conversation every so often, but figured she could see Dennis any time. But her parents could not. The evening progressed as usual. The guests were laughing, drinking, dancing, and listening to music. The trays of food were starting to disappear slowly. 
Michael and Ariana made the rounds with all of their long-lost friends and family. They enjoyed this Christmas even more than the one last year. They knew what to expect this Christmas Eve, even though Dennis was sprung on them as a surprise they did not anticipate. They still handled the celebration with style and grace. Nicole was now walking, and as she passed another great-aunt or uncle, she would be swept up and snuggled repeatedly. She giggled as she was lamented with affection. David was a year older and had made significant strides with his guitar playing. He was upstairs with his Uncle Billy jamming away. All in all, it was a delightful Christmas once again.